Hi, everybody. This is Stephanie Nelson from Razzle Dazzle Rabbitry and Yarns, LLC. Welcome to episode three. This is the rabbitry side of things. So I have about five questions that I was asked about some of the logistics, some of the history. How does this go from um, owning rabbits for my own personal Angora production to how does it go from that to a business? And that's the first question I'll start with. So it was around somewhere around 1992 or 1993 when I obtained my first rabbit. And it wasn't an Angora rabbit. It was just like a backyard meat sort of rabbit. But it wasn't going to be for eating. It was a pet. It's His, his name was Bun Bun. And he was a albino. He was a red-eyed white so over the course of years, of years and years, I had been shown how to knit. I had watched my grandma crochet, and I stuck with the knitting on a more sporadic basis. So if you fast forward to decades later, I had tried and been dissatisfied with pretty much every single store-bought yarn. They weren't soft enough. They contained uh, too much acrylic, too much plastic. There was honestly no meaning to any of the yarn. It didn't matter the pattern. The store-bought yarn, just it just always failed to rise above average. Never could get above that. And I wanted a yarn which had meeting. I wanted a yarn which was a green yarn. It was a bit more environmentally friendly. It wasn't going to be a part of the whole plastic family. I wanted to know where my yarn came from. Real, actual, soft yarn. Not yarn when you feel it in the store and it's a bit soft, but then there's like this after feeling where it's just truly, it's not soft. At the time, uh, we were renting and we couldn't have an alpaca, we couldn't have sheep. So an angora rabbit was the answer. And I started with one as this whole thing was new to me. The idea of starting with one was that I had to learn how to spin, I had to learn how to card, I had to learn how to ply, I had to learn how to dye, I had to learn how to literally everything start to finish with making yarn. And so I had to learn how to shear. And so if I didn't enjoy the process of making my own yarn, then at least I would still have a fuzzy pet who was friendly. And if I wanted to, I could keep his wool short for ease of maintenance or I could grow it longer and try to recoup some of the cost and try selling wool. But there was a plan. Notice that there was a lack of impulse. There was always a plan. And when I started, people were surprised that one rabbit could produce so much yarn with each shearing. Over time, there were breeds of different Angoras. They were researched, and I owned quite a few. With each breed came hands-on knowledge and experience. Finding out which breed was right for me was a process. All the parts of the breed would be obsessed, would be assessed. Color, wool production, housing, feed requirements, temperament of the individual rabbits, how the wool stood up to carding, drum carding, hand carding. How did it blend with other fibers? How was it after it was washed, spinning? How was it when I knit with it, when I would crochet with weaving? What was the wool loss and the matting? the time spent grooming, 
the maternal tendencies, such as how was the doe at nest building? What were her litter sizes? Would she become aggressive after she had babies? So the tendencies of the sire were assessed as well. So being able to successfully impregnate a doe without injury to any, either the doe, myself, or the buck with one pass. At each point, all of these contingencies and more were assessed. They were weighed. Some mattered more than others to me. Some mattered such as, was the rabbit friendly? Did I want to spend time with that rabbit? And did it want to spend time with me? I wanted to spend as little time as possible grooming rabbits to get as much wool per rabbit versus the amount of food I was feeding. I wanted the most efficient and the most friendly Angoras I could find or breed myself. And I didn't have copious amounts of space to house large amounts of rabbits. I wanted to know each of them individually, which is still important to me. This is part of where we are all different and have to determine what setup and which breed or breeds fit our life best. So what I value most may not be what somebody else values at all. I wanted a career in which I would raise my kids and not have to send them to someone else where someone else would raise my kids. I wanted to build something I can include them in if they so chose, if they so chose. So better yarn was the first motivation to beginning the switch from owning one rabbit which may or may not turn into more rabbits to an actual rabbitry and yarn corporation. There were multiple other motivations which propelled and sustained the switch. Another question I was asked was, what had to change to make this profitable? What had to change to make this just simply a hobby or something I enjoyed doing or something I might want to do to an actual business which makes a profit? I had to learn everything related to rabbits, to Angora rabbits. I had to learn everything related to spinning hand-spun yarn, and I'm still learning. I retain a curiosity and a questioning, a wanting to know and understand all of it. I had to spend time reading, watching, doing. I had to obtain different tools, gain valuable experience. This means I had to fail, to try, to fail, to adjust, to succeed. And I needed support from positive people, kind people, good-hearted people, mentors, to be able to ignore people who said a business like this would never exist, that was important. And definitely ignoring the people who say that these rabbits are never going to be able to pay for their feed, let alone their housing, let alone make a profit. There are somewhere around 7.7 .7 billion people on earth. And I believe if I could not find a few to buy my rabbits, some wool, yarn, bats, hats, scarves, dolls, then I must not have a pulse. I had to realize where others' expertise was to be counted on, where mine wasn't enough. And this means I hired an, an attorney to properly assess my business needs and set up the most appropriate legal business structure. This is something I absolutely recommend for every single person who's looking to set up a business to meet with an attorney that you can trust and be honest with, to meet with somebody who will take the time with you, and it's worth the money spent. I had to create a goal and a five-year plan to get there. 
I had to be 100% accountable to my plan, to my goal, to myself, to the people around me. That means I needed to own more rabbits. A business pages on social media needed to be created. Learning YouTube. The time before my actual paying job had to be used in the morning. The time after my paying job had to be used. The time when I was off of my paying job, the weekends, the days off. All that time was used as much as possible to grow this business. And I had to take better care of myself to be able to sustain that pace. This, needed, this means I needed consistency. There needed to be discipline. And it was not an overnight thing. It was going to take year after year of hard work and long hours. I enjoyed this challenge, and I still do. I was and I remain partial to endurance sports such as long-distance running and cycling. Growing a business is in the same family. It's an endurance sport. To be able to make the commitment put on the miles, to ignore the voices of the others who matter less, to turn what is in myself or yourself, that voice that you have, to make sure it matters more. To be able to track expenses, keep expenses low, be able to listen to customers, learn and balance making what brings both myself joy and what brings others joy. So what had to change to make this business profitable? Nothing. Everything. <laughs>